All right, Ladita, what is this? Hey, everybody. It's that special time of the week for show and tell. That's right. This is the half an hour that you know and love every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Me, Lady Ada, and Mr. Lady Ada are here at the Adafruit Factory. Uh, and we're going to hang out while all these cool people from around the internet come by and show us what they got for the holidays, what they're building over this winter break, or maybe just something that they got that's from before, or maybe something they're working on. I don't know. We'll uh, hang out here till about 7.50. Then we got to go on to Ask Engineer, which is right after this. We got some Adafruit peeps, and then maybe some folks in the community will show up. But if not, like, you know, Mr. Lady and I will show off the cool back, stuff that we've got. Come back next week. I'll come back next week. <laughs> we're here every week. Some weeks it's um, jam-packed. It's too full for everyone. So. And some days, some weeks it's... Yeah, we were thinking not doing a show until this week, but we're like, oh, let's just check in with the Adafruit folks. So speaking yeah. of... Let's start with JP, who has a show tomorrow. Hello. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, so I wanted to show this cool shirt my daughter gave me for Christmas, which is this cool patch cable shirt. I thought that was pretty That awesome. is pretty sweet. Wires and patch points. Uh, and I also was going to show this cool little keyboard kind of thing that I built on my live stream last week. Um, so this is my current button box that I use to switch cameras when I'm broadcasting my live stream. Uh, it's got a feather. Uh, M0 in there and a uh, bunch of arcade buttons and they're just wired kind of one-to-one as digital pins and it works pretty well but I was really um, intrigued by this keyboard by Andy Clymer that uses CircuitPython and a trinket so he made a little PCB and there's your little teeny baby trinket uh, and some nice little code examples he has and this is a dioded uh, matrix so you can have six um, Buttons on there or you can also do rotary encoders So I opted to build this guy. That's the one I came up with in the end so that uses, you know, mechanical uh, Keyboard switches these are cherry like Olivetti style rounded. Yeah, and I look at these beautiful. I found these little Olivetti exactly round on square beauties um, And so I'm gonna I, I have it working just as my same way that one worked as um six keys, but I think I'm going to get fancier and use control keys so I can do more. So I'll have some like maybe four keys and then a couple function keys that can modify those. So, um, and that's uh, what I'm using now going forward to switch cameras on uh, the software I use for broadcasting. So okay. and tomorrow you're actually not going to do a show. Tomorrow you're taking right. a day of rest, uh, day of rest. back in force. The next oh. week, doing a cool uh, opto-mechanical disc project. What, what is it going to be? We don't know. Nobody's sweet about what it's going to be, yeah. but it's going to be really sweet. Should be cool. It'll be gonna, next Thursday, the third. Next Thursday, next and it's right going to be it's going to be amazing. So uh, if next if tomorrow people are lonely, they can watch last week's. Yeah, it's again. there. It's right on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, JP. All right. Next up, let's check in with Colin. Hey guys. Happy all, happy everything. If yeah. we're talking about what we got for Christmas, I heard you mention. Yeah, sure. Check this out. I got a ribbon microphone. Whoa. You know what these are? Inside the element is actually just a piece, a thin piece of aluminum foil, actual aluminum foil, about two microns thick, suspended between two neodymium magnets. Yeah. And it's cool. And it sounds like softer and warmer. The transients are smoother than a condenser microphone, all those harsh capacitors. We don't need okay, that. Okay, so you're going to do your, your Bitcoin podcast. This is what it's yeah. for. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you in vintage sound. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> but that's not what I came here to talk to you about today. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of that Neo Trellis M4 that you crafted. Big fan. Can't stop playing with it. So 
I'm also a fan of making music, hence the microphones, and I use Ableton Live to make music. And that's software, that's music making software, a uh, digital audio workstation DAW type software. And there's a bunch of these hardware controllers that are basically LED button grids that people use to control Ableton Live, like the Novation Launchpad or the Ableton Push, which are great and everything, but none are as sleek and small and compact as Yi Neo Trellis M4. So I wrote a little plug-in in Max MSP for Ableton Live, which is what you have to write in for Ableton Live, uh, that turns Neo Trellis M4 into what looks like a very bright controller for Ableton Live. So when I press these buttons, it'll actually, you can't see, they're all different colors that correspond to the clips in Ableton Live, but it triggers clips. Well, and I just triggered one very loud in my headphones by accident. Um, I have a video I can play for you, but I'm actually not sure if the sound will route through, so I might have to unmute my speakers. Should we go for it? Well, yeah. let's see what happens. We have, we have time. See what happens. Feeling a little wild. I'm going to share an application window. Take the risk. Share. you seeing that? I'm seeing it. In it. Let's see if you're hearing it. I'm going to hit play and then unmute. Yeah. yeah. get the basic idea yeah say clip launch i'm gonna mute you and uh yeah and it works really well and i've been using it to make music Even wonderful of this. yeah beautiful tunes all right thank you colin thank and you. we shall maybe see you in the new year people are loving your videos some exciting scripts are being written people are like is colin gonna do more videos yes sir there's more stuff coming it's more stuff coming. a variety of cornucopias all right Thank you, Colin. Do you want to go to Phil B's in, Mike? Yeah, let's go to Phil B. You came in. Yeah. Wearing yeah, black, which is fine. Finally, you're wearing black. Thank, thank I'm, you. I'm finally like not wearing a Krampus shirt one week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was quiet. I thought I dropped by. Do you want some retro computing? Yeah. yeah. Good. I'll tell you a story. Like this is like early '80s stuff. Um, like platform wars. Like you think Mac and PC is bad? No. Like in in, in the '80s, it was like. You know, like the, there was the, the, the trash 80 people with those people would hate on the Commodore people would hate on the Atari people would hate on the, it was horrible. But like the one thing, like everyone agreed on what the Commodore made this monitor, the 1702 monitor. It didn't matter if you had a Commodore or an Atari or what, that was like the monitor to have. Everybody wanted that monitor. They, you were cool if you had that monitor. Anyway, like a, a few months ago, I was, I was coming back from uh, getting groceries and just in the street, just sitting on the curb was a, a <laughs> <laughs> Commodore 1702 monitor. I had that monitor. Wow, uh, that's nice. It's got like the little badge in the front. Yeah, and um, it was I like the connect. Can you hold it up? So I mean, it's like it's oh, like eighty pounds, but it's got all the knobs and adjusts in the front. Oh, all kind. Yeah, every little, every little. There's normally a little door in front of that. You know, that was lost. Oh, that's you know, gone. That's okay. It's super, super tweakable, and um, it was filthy. 
I think I think it weighs half as much now. I opened it up. I cleaned out all the dead earwigs. And jeez. Oh, <laughs> but it does. It works beautifully. And uh, did now, you try it with the M zero NTSC generator? Oh, I have not done that yet. No, Dude. I was. But I I hooked up. You know, uh, old old computers and um, super sharp. It was it was lovely. So uh, anyway, found it in the street. And how how cool is that? Amazing. You know, we should. I don't, I, don't think, I, I don't think you found it. I think it found you. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, it was, yeah, probably crawling, crawling yeah. up the way toward my house. That was his only chance of survival. This must get. It was absolutely going to be crushed and destroyed shortly after, unless someone found it. Pretty much. But anyway, just thought you'd, you'd enjoy the story. That is cool. nice. You hook it up with the M4, like Lamar was saying, do a little video. Yeah, I'm going to try that. That's a really good idea. See, uh, because we do, we do have to revisit the M4 version of the NTSC generator. Yeah, it'll be so interesting. Get higher you know, those, those LCD monitors are good on latching onto kind of marginal signals. Yeah, I know the analog monitor is going to be more finicky, so I'll I'll let you know how that goes. We shall see. Yeah. And it's worth a try. Mm -hmm. All right, sounds good. Thanks All for right. the huge heavy retro. Next up, Mike. Mike B. Come on. Yes. Hello. We heard you. It unmutes and then. There we go. Can you yeah. hear me? Okay. Yay. I clicked that button like 10 times. Um, maybe that's why. Hi, guys. Um, Hello. I might have brought this up a couple years ago at a show and tell, but uh, I thought I'd bring it up today because there's probably a lot of new watchers and uh, they might not know. So um, December is the month of advent calendars. So here I've got ye old chocolate advent calendar. So uh, once a day I can uh, get my sugar fix. So that's, that's okay. I mean, that's good. But for makers, you know, you can, you can take it up a notch. So um, actually it was my wife who found these. They're Ooh. made by a German company called Conrad and they're electronic advent calendars. Um, there's a door a day and um, you have parts underneath and uh, I've taken the parts out of this one but I'll show you some some good ones in a minute. And, you and it comes with these uh, great uh, instruction books in English and German, because it's a German company. Um, and you can, I think it's, well, it might be in German. I, I think it's in English also on the web, but it tells you what you can do with the parts on your calendar. So um, it actually can go beyond December. You know, it doesn't have to be an advent calendar. If say you have like somebody homeschooled or just somebody wants fun and they want to build upon a project every day for 24 days, you can do these. So um, the one I showed you was just kind of a little general kit. So had like a resistors and LEDs in each door? What was yeah, the Yeah, and uh, some of them have like uh, little microcontrollers. Um, this one is an Internet of Things. Uh, calendar, oh. and I think I've I've gone through this one too. I think um, Germany's really into advent calendars. Like that's kind of like the well, you know, 
advent calendars, beer, um, chocolate. Um, I'm getting very Artonics. large eating some of the chocolate. This one is an Arduino calendar. So oh. let me see. Door oh, number yes. one is rather large. It's unopened. This one's unopened. But I would I tend to guess this is the Arduino, and then you have parts for each uh, day. Yeah. You can add and, and so it's like the first one's an LED, and the next one is like a beta. So you, you go through the 24 projects, you know, sensor or potentiometer is like number five. Exactly. So, okay. um, and again, you get, you get a book and, um, here, this is, I think the back it has some general stuff like E equals IR and, and general stuff to kind of yeah. help you go. Interesting. I've got one more. This is the advent calendar for cool kids. Um, this one looks like it makes uh, maybe like spaceships and. I think it actually says for cool kids. I mean, like yeah, that's kind of like right, right there for. That's know. kind of like a little too on the nose, don't you think? Like. Well, you know, um, you, you have to market things. I think uh, mm. Mr. Lady Ada is uh, good at the marketing stuff. Um, I just pasted the link to. Uh, the company and the Discord chat. Yeah. Um, if you, if anyone's interested in these types of kits, you can go online and uh, check them out in the Discord chat. Yeah. Um, and uh, there you go. So, uh, in these types of kits, um, they're really fun. And again, they, they don't have to be in December. Uh, it could be uh, anytime you want something that kind of builds upon itself uh, uh, in a electronic-y, makery way. Could you uh, take a couple photos as you eat the ones that are electronic or do the projects and put it as a blog post to that, that link as well? Sure. Like one, just one one of the front. I mean, it's a neat idea. A million years ago, I had wanted to do this at Make, but I couldn't get, couldn't get by him. I think these guys, you know, German engineering, you know, it's, it, yeah. they've, they've got it down pat. It's so. also a really good way of stretching like a 25 part kit into like one month yeah. versus well, I think it's almost a natural extension of the, uh, the kind of, uh, what is it? The, the book kits, we have one yeah. at Adafruit and, and Arduino that, but except that they're kind of limited. So here, I think you actually get maybe like, double the amount of yeah. stuff. Yeah, in, in Japan kind of pioneered the magazine plus kit. Yeah, maybe yeah. next year we'll do an Advent CircuitPython. Yeah. Link a CircuitPython kit. That'll be fun. Lots of possibilities. A lot of possibilities. Yeah, we have enough CircuitPython related stuff where you can get a different thing. In now you can now we actually have like, yeah, all the sensors yeah, we and have projects. Enough, we have enough stuff, yeah. Okay. A little preview of Adabox 19 or whatever. Okay. Um, okay, we have more folks show up, so we're gonna we're gonna get to everyone. Let's um let's wrap up with Adafruit folks, and then we'll go on to the folks that just okay. got here. Uh, Katni, you want to show some? I do. You were talking about showing off what we got for Christmas, and I'm super excited about uh, what we ended up getting. This is my new espresso machine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. The GitHub pull requests are no. They're coming. <laughs> they're coming fast and furious. Percent faster. <laughs> A thousand percent faster. Um. I'm really excited. It's uh, it's a Rancilio, which is an uh, Italian company. Um, my parents have had one for a long time and ended up getting one for us this year. Um, and so I can put away my off-brand Keurig K-Cup machine and, and now have actual espresso. And I'm very excited about that. There's a lot of people who hack those by taking Adafruit parts and having a pressure and temperature sensor 
So, you know, they have a PID control to make that like the temperature. And like, I don't not understand this completely, but it's yeah. a thing. You can do that thing if you'd like to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 an exciting prospect. Um, and my dad actually roasts his own coffee. So he yeah. also gave me like fresh roasted coffee for uh, for Christmas, which I'm not going oh. to start with because it's going to take, you know, a few tries to get the grind yeah. right and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, perhaps eventually um, roasting my own coffee as well, which is totally hackable. Um, that, that is completely what people hack the heck out. It's all servos yeah. and solenoids. and Exactly. That are the thermocouples that you, you helped write the guide for. This people, people toss in there and then they, they can measure. Because they, they, you want to measure the humidity and the temperature like it actually matters. Exactly. Ambient and like specific. It's, it's crazy. Um, and a lot of it's done by sound apparently. Like it, it, the beans actually crack um, multiple times and it depends on how like how dark you want the roast like you actually listen to it and uh you drop them out of the um roaster itself uh after like a certain number of cracks um hmm. but temperature is still super super important you want to keep that very even okay so sure anyway jp will chat plenty about that jp's yeah. a coffee roasting yes man i can't wait for coffee that. coffee python okay okay I think we got through all Very the cool. Adafruit folks. Yeah, let's go to Azure and then we'll wrap up with CSAT. All okay, right, Azure. Azure. Azure, welcome back. I'll unmute you. You have to unmute. Yep. Wait, there we go? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I want to say it was about a year ago. I believe I mentioned a nice lightsaber project I started. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months back over the summer, I showed a nice fun update I was doing with a Bluetooth remote that I made for it under yeah. a glove. So now I'm working on a whole new version with a nice giant Ooh. handle made out of uh, machined aluminum. I got online. I've got an absolute massive 40-inch uh, blade for it. It's got like 300 neopixels in it, in the blade alone. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been learning how to 3D model lately. So I've been making a shell casing that goes inside of the hilt. And it holds all my electronics. It'll have a battery compartment to it. So I can easily just drop a battery out and put a new one in when it dies. Because I think 300 NeoPixels is going to kill a battery pretty quick. Yeah. And I've been having fun with the 3D printer. So that's having a lot of fun that's with that. Sad. Sadly, I couldn't get the electronics done for tonight. But that's maybe okay. next week. Well, no matter what email support at Adafruit, we'll send you on a show and tell sticker. And then come back when you have it um, lit up and everything. I'm shooting for next week. Okay. We'll see you next week. Like we are. All right, thanks for coming by. All right, C. Scott, you want to play us out? Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, quick update here. My main engineering computer that I did all my work on has broken. It has 60,000 hours of runtime on it, and it finally decided that it was finished with its run. So <laughs> I've been kind of backed up on projects, but I was going to mention a couple of things. Um, my friend Paul Schreiber, who's the source of Mostly Two Tales, is uh, writing a book about what it was like to work for Radio, Sh Radio Shack back in the 70s and 80s and giving uh, his insights into why the company started to go off the tracks and eventually you know, run aground. But uh, that'll be out sometime next year, and I'll make another announcement about it. But it's going to be worth reading because I read some of the stuff he's already written for it, and it's just awesome. I mean, you, you get to you get the engineer's point of view, you get the marketer's point of view, you get the 
the eternal fight between Tandy and Radio Shack because they were actually in separate towers of the same building. Ooh. And you know, what, Tandy was the engineering and, and uh, development. And the I hope they put snarky post-it notes on the, on the windows and the other people could see it from the other tower. Cool. Well, I don't know if they could read them that far away, but you know, it, it was an interesting uh, relationship since Tandy was the parent company and was really, you know, Charles Tandy was, a, his thing was uh, leatherworking. So yeah, when he bought up the, uh, I forget which company it was that he turned into the electronics arm, but Paul will cover all that. It'll be an interesting read. Tandy leather is still around. I mean, like they're great. Yeah. Yeah. And this book focuses on specifically the Radio Shack Tandy relationship. Yeah, it's it it focuses on an engineer's eye view of what it was like to work there and in work with the certain personalities that kind of defined the path Radio Shack took out of the seventies and into the eighties and nineties. TRS eighty time. Yeah, yeah you'll, there's like a whole chapter or two on the TRS eighty and That's on good. the the stuff he designed for it and the other, you'll have other engineers uh, and uh, sales. He's get, he's trying to get everybody he can find that is willing to talk to him about putting it. Cause like the business case studies on some of these things are usually garbage. They're not that good. They're just like, Oh, like here's how also they missed the seventies and eighties. Yeah, they're, like they're written. They're written by like the VP of marketing that's gone on to just all they do is talk about marketing and right, innovation. Right. So it'd be nice, like it's nice at an engineer point of view, doing a book during that time, not just like this. Oh yeah, like it's a tough business. What are you gonna do? You know, like mm -hmm. Glenn Ross type thing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that's coming up. I've been trying to. I've been work's been taking up most of my free time. I've made. I've told you about having to make the control board that uh, was a larger capacity Arduino using a. Atmel, uh, what is it, 1284 instead of a 328. That's coming along nicely. Um, I'm going to have boards back uh, by the time I uh, get back to the office next week. And I'll give you an update on that because, you know, it's somewhat interesting. We've ordered several hundred thousand pixels. So, and we've been going through and testing them. And we found out that man, they need to up their quality control because I've found bugs on practically every string. You've got to go in and touch up the LEDs on each strip. Uh, and those 144 pixel per meter strips, they every single one of them has a soldered joint between two 72 pixel strips. Actually, I don't think it's 72. I think it's something like 96 and 60. Or yeah, they're not, they're not one solid piece. But... Um, Half of the strips I've encountered, that, that solder joint is defective. You have to go in and reheat it, and then it's okay. But, you know, just a word out to anybody who's investing in lots of strips to do a project. These things can be a pain if you order them in mass and expect them all to work out of the box. We're finding out. We stress test these. We drive these as hard as we can. No. I, I have, like, 30 seconds of full white, and then we flip it to red, uh, green, and blue to see if any of the segments have failed. And that's how we discover these issues. What's that? Installations are tough. People buy a bunch of NeoPixels from us, and they—it's like, look, you should do some testing before you—you you think it's just gonna. And when I'm allowed to take pictures of the improvements we've made on the way we've installed these pixels into the cabinet, I'll let you see what we did. Because the first time we did this was a nightmare because the customer wanted the LEDs in a particular the, the diffuser uh, assembly that 
hid the actual individual pixel appearances. You just saw a wash of color. Mm-hmm. Well, these these diffusers were tubes. They weren't snap into a rail or anything. You had to put these strips into the tubes, and then you had to work at the very ends of the tube soldering the, the necessary cabling. Mm-hmm. In order to drive 300 LEDs and not have them like go dim at one end, you have to send your power leads down to one corner and then then they power two strips and then on the opposing corner the same thing they power the other two strips then you got the data wire it has to go around the bend and all that it's hard to put in a tube yeah well new one yeah this was it was such a pain in the rear because we had to get them all to fit together you had to look good when mounted to the cabinet they had to work and Mm -hmm. we had uh, some teething trouble with getting them to stay reliably working, especially yeah. when the cabinet maker said, oh, we need to straighten this door. So they put a clamps and shims on the door and start bending the rails. I'm like, oh boy. And that, that <laughs> broke leads inside the, the, the strips and all that. And the new ones are going to be a lot better because we came up with a way where we've milled a, a complete square channel. This, this is about a meter square where we can actually build and wire all the LEDs without having to worry about the diffuser. The diffuser mates to it that just these strips just sort of bolt to the back of the door and the, then the diffusers are already mounted and it just magically works so much better anyway um i'll keep i'll keep you up to date on that and um and i it's just when you get in when you get into manufacturing and you're working with hundreds of thousands of an individual item you just run into these reliability problems. Normally you expect like two to 3% of a failure rate, but we're hitting more like 8% and that's like not, not acceptable. Of course the company says just send back the ones that don't work. And that's like, well, that's great, but we kind of need lots of them right away. So send us some more and then we'll send these back to you. So yeah, you're always on deadline. So that's tough for that to work out. Anyway, uh, you know, that's what's uh, been happening. Okay. okay, good to Thanks see you, update. and uh, happy holidays, Scott. Happy yep. holidays. Yep. Happy holidays. Hope everybody's first right. holiday was awesome. Second holiday's coming up. So Yeah, all right. Thanks, Phil B. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Katney. Thanks, John. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Colin. And thank you, Zara. Thank you, guys. Yay. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> all right. And Hold we'll up your see, advent calendars. We'll see everybody uh, on Ask an Engineer, which is in three minutes, and on Show and Tell next week, we're still going to do this. Next so week is happening. So if you need to show a project next week, stop back 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for making this the best half an hour of a week every single week, everybody. Cheers. Ciao. See you soon. See you soon.